Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. The great-grandson of Henry Ford calls for an end to the auto workers' strike. UAW's response? Maybe you should talk to your CEO. Union workers at three Detroit casinos walk out, and today on the show, the American Federation of Government Employees, Local 31, and how one person turned his life around becoming an iron worker. Welcome to the Wednesday, October 18th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today, this being the third Wednesday of the month. We dedicate that to the American Federation of Government Employees, longtime supporters of America's Workforce. And joining us today is Daryl Bell, who serves as president of AFGE Local 31 in Northeastern Ohio, representing the uh, Cleveland VA Center. And uh, we'll talk about the VA Center, but we're going to talk about the potential of another government shutdown. As you probably know, we don't have a speaker in the House of Representatives. As a result, nothing is getting done. And when Kevin McCarthy was the speaker. He cut a deal with the president and members of Congress to kind of kick the can down the road. So there's a possible shutdown coming up in mid-November, right before Thanksgiving. And uh, Everett Kelly, who is the national president of the American Federation of Government Employees, said without a federal budget in place, the vast majority of the 2.2 million That's right, 2.2 million federal employees who keep our government running will find themselves either locked out of their jobs or forced to go to work without a paycheck. And last time this happened, that went on for 35 days. He points out that uh, federal employees and every single American who depends on the government for vital programs and services deserve better from our elected leaders. But right now we're at a standstill. We'll also talk about the concerns of federal employees for retirement and health care costs. And here's the best part, and I love talking about this, the increased appeal of unions to the general public. A lot of unions are celebrating this right now. And in case you haven't heard, an overwhelming majority of Americans across the political spectrum, mind you, and age groups support unions and the labor movement. According to a new poll conducted by the AFL-CIO, 7 in 10, or 71%, approve of labor unions, and that includes 91% of Democrats, 69% of independents, and 52% of Republicans. 75%, three out of four, workers going on strike to fight for better wages, benefits and working conditions that's what's happening right now they get that support a lot of strikes in fact we'll give you an update here in the uaw in just a minute union's biggest fans well those under 30 with 88 percent supporting unions 90 percent support going on strike 
And more than three-fourths believe unions have a positive impact on these important issues. Workplace safety, 82%. Fair compensation in hours, 78%. Job security, 77%. Access to affordable health care, 76%. Retirement security, 76%. Ability to support their families, also 76%. Two-thirds of people report having experienced problems, including discrimination in the workplace, like pay, work schedules, retirement benefits, and get this, nearly 90%, 9 out of 10, who have experienced problems like that, say a union could help solve at least one of those problems. Good stuff there. Good stuff there. It's about time. That's what I say. Charles Straley will be our second guest on the show. His name came up uh, about a week and a half ago in my conversation with Dorsey Hager, who heads the Columbus Central Ohio Building Trades. It's a great story. Charlie is a journeyman member of Ironworkers Local 172, based in Columbus, Ohio. His career began in the Building Futures program, which we have talked about on the show many, many times, especially with Dorsey, because it's real popular in central Ohio. They need it because of all the uh, jobs that that are open right now because of the building of Amazon, Intel, so on and so forth. Building Futures, by the way, in case you don't know, is a nationally recognized, award-winning apprenticeship readiness program, and it's funded by the Franklin County Commissioners in partnership with Creating Central Ohio Futures and the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council and supported by the Columbus NAACP. Charlie is quoted as saying, Building Futures was a game changer. He is now a Building Futures instructor. And he said, I truly have a career, not just a job. I thought I was just getting into the construction field. But it turned out to be a whole lot more. I am part of a brotherhood, and I help change other people's lives through public speaking, outreach, and teaching. And you're going to hear him on the show today on how his life has changed because he got involved in the trades. And now he's a journeyman iron worker. And I'll tell you, in central Ohio, there's a lot of work going on down there. And now a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by the good folks at Boyd Waterson Asset Management, offering fixed income, real estate, and equity investment options to clients nationwide. You can find more at boydwaterson.com. Ford's executive chairman, Bill Ford, warned at a press conference this week that the ongoing UAW strike will threaten the future of the company and the American economy, urging the union to end its strike. Now in week number five, Ford stated, this is a quote, this should not be Ford versus the UAW. It should be Ford and the UAW versus Toyota and Honda, Tesla, and all the Chinese companies that want to enter our home. The press conference, which was held at the company's Rouge assembly plant in Dearborn, Michigan, signaled a rare move by the company to make a public plea to the union during contract negotiations. By the way, four weeks into the strike have already created $7.7 billion in industry losses. This is according to a Michigan consulting firm. That includes 
$3.45 billion in losses for the big three. And Ford has 57,000 UAW workers compared with 46,000 at GM, 43,000 at Stellantis. Well, in response to all this, Sean Fain, president of the UAW, said it's not the UAW and Ford against foreign automakers. It's auto workers everywhere against corporate greed. He also increased pressure on the company, noting Bill Ford knows exactly how to settle this strike. Instead of threatening to close the Rouge plant, he should call up Jim Farley, the CEO, and tell him to stop playing games and get a deal done, or we'll close the Rouge plant for him. (laughs) It's getting interesting. It's getting real interesting right now. Right now, I understand Ford is offering 23%. They started at around 10%. GM's around 20%, and uh, the auto workers are still pushing for close to 40% in the end of the two-tier wage system. And I understand Ford is pretty close to doing that. The talks continue in the meantime. Thousands of union workers from three casinos in Detroit are now on strike. The union contracts with the casinos expired Monday night without the parties reaching a new deal. The prior contracts which the unions negotiated during the beginning of the pandemic, made significant concessions to the casinos in order to keep them afloat. Now, well, things have changed. In-person gambling has exceeded full financial recovery since the pandemic with the three Detroit casinos generating a combined total of $2.27 billion in gaming revenue last year. $2.27 $2.27 billion. Because of that, union workers are demanding higher wages as well as improvements in health care and retirement benefits. You can't blame them. You can't blame them. Meanwhile, in uh, Australia, more strikes are underway. On Monday, union workers at Chevron's liquefied natural gas facilities announced they plan to resume strikes after failed talks with Chevron. Late last month, the union called off weeks of strikes after the union and the company agreed to accept an employment deal proposed by Australia's Fair Work Commission, which covered agreements about pay and other workplace conditions. However, the party's deal soon broke apart, with the union contending that Chevron had backed out on promises set out in the deal. And following unsuccessful negotiations yesterday, the union announced that it plans to restart strikes later in the week and physicians nurse practitioners and physician assistants at over 50 alina health system clinics this is across minnesota and wisconsin they have voted to unionize union appears to be the largest group of unionized doctors in the private sector the healthcare providers cited understaffing burnout and a lack of independence in providing patient care as reasons for organizing. Now, other Alina Health System facilities have voted to unionize this year, though the healthcare organization is appealing the outcome of the vote. Across the healthcare industry, practitioners are expressing concerns with employers' exploitation in the sense of mission inherent in these careers. Pharmacists around the country 
have also begun organizing around similar concerns, and residents and fellows at several hospitals have successfully unionized this year. Once again, unions pretty popular right now. All right, quick break. When we come back, Local 31 of the American Federation of Government Employees. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBalletSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. You cannot change the business model as much as it has changed and not expect the contract to change too. It's crazy. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be replaced by machines. So the jig is up, AMPTP. You have to wake up and smell the coffee. Let's go. You share the wealth because you cannot exist without us. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. Remember this, too. If you like a show, please share that show. I know a lot of you are doing that, and that's the prime reason we have picked up so many listeners here, especially this year. We are now in the top 1% of all podcasts in the world. That's right. There's like two million podcasts right now and America's workforce is like somewhere between 
8,000 and 10,000, the top 8,000 and 10,000, hopefully will close into a 5,000 in uh, early 2024. So we appreciate those of you sharing this show. A new form of uh, getting the message out. It was broadcasting in the old days. Now it's podcasting. All right, let's go to uh, line number one. Welcome back to the show. Daryl Bell. Daryl is the president of the American Federation of Government Employees. This would be Local 31 in Northeastern Ohio. And uh, he, like many that are in the federal government, are concerned about a possible shutdown, which could happen in less than a month. Now, we went through this before. There was a deal that kind of kicked the can down the road. But the new date here is November 17th. Daryl Bell, welcome back to America's Workforce. Thanks for joining us once again. And uh, briefly, give us, a, give us a rundown on Local 31. How many members you have in the bargaining unit? and all, all the details, and how are we doing on organizing? I'm hearing really good things about organizing with your union. Go ahead, brother. How are you, Flash? Uh Thanks for having me on. Uh, let's see. We have at FG Local 31, we have pretty close to 5,500 bargaining unit members. Um, we're closing in on about 2,300 dues-paying members, so this this has been pretty good. Our organizing has been constant and consistent. As a matter of fact, I just did an interview because we are one of the top 25 recruiters in the country with regard to bringing on new membership. Um, so that is with our government um, publication that we deal with that that brings forth a lot of news that the different locals are doing. So it, it's, it's been pretty good so far. I like that. I was talking earlier about the uh, the fact that so many Americans like what's going on with unions today. I mean, across the board, Democrats, independents, Republicans, we can talk about that a little bit later, but the climate is right. And I know AFGE has been doing a great job nationally. Much of this coming from uh, your leadership there with uh, Everett Kelly. And we, in fact, we talked to your uh, organizing director not too long ago on the show so it's good to hear that. We want to keep that trend going. But let, let's talk about what may happen here in a month. And it's sad that we even have to discuss this kind of thing because uh, federal workers are vital to the economy. And you think of so many departments that uh, where, where people would have to go to work without getting a paycheck. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Or some departments just shut down. Local 31, what, what are you hearing about that right now, Daryl? Go ahead. Right now, we are we are facing another shutdown. The um, they kicked the can down the road till November seventeenth, and once again, we're we're you know facing down the barrel of another unnecessary shutdown. I mean, the last time they did this was for thirty five days. I think what was it? Twenty five percent of the government was shut down, and it benefited no one. There were um, people that weren't able to provide services. Uh, people didn't receive paychecks until all of that was over and then at the end of the day you paid out all of this money for labor that wasn't even um experienced so it, it doesn't it doesn't work and it's it's a a political nuclear bomb that they continue to keep exploding and this is this is ridiculous because it does not help it does not help to deny people services it does not help to deny people their paycheck and all we simply want to do is come to work, do our job, because at the end of the day, federal workers 
service the American country. It doesn't matter who's in office, we still have to do our job. So one thing that um, AFGE is promoting, and we hope that everyone will do this, is we have a um, number for everyone to call. To call Congress, and what we want you to do is tell them to pass the government funding and prevent the shutdown, and hopefully we can get something on the books where this isn't even in existence anymore. This never needs to be a thing anymore. So um, 855-222-9093 is a number. And we want everyone to call and express their displeasure with shutting the government or potentially shutting the government down again unnecessarily. This does not work. It does not help the American people. It does not benefit the employees that come to work simply to do their job and provide a service to the American public. You know, there's a, a lot of people that think if you shut down the government, you're saving money. <laughs> and it's just the opposite. I had some numbers on the last time you you referenced the last shutdown, which was over a month. It costs taxpayers $3 billion. Unre- it's unrecovered because, you know, parks are shut down. You lose revenue there. There's so many services that people are not going to get because of a shutdown. That number, I want to repeat that. It's 855 222 9093 Daryl, the crazy thing about this right now, we don't have anybody leading the House of Representatives. So <laughs> nothing is being discussed right now. And I don't know if, if this goes on. I was just thinking when Kevin McCarthy was uh, voted in, it took like, what, 15 or 16 times And now Jim Jordan is at the top of the list. I don't know if that's going to happen. He's got a lot of people that don't want to go with him, side with him. So I don't know. The future isn't bright. With that being said, what are people saying at Local 31? And this is a two-parted question here. You represent workers at the VA in in Cleveland, northeastern Ohio, and near downtown. Um, Now, will this this facility will have to keep running, right? And workers are not going to get paid? Am I correct in, in saying that? Well, luckily, the way that our budget was structured, um, it'll impact us not as severely as it would have if we weren't already funded for this particular year, but this is going to impact um, coming years. But there are departments within the VA that will be affected, Mm -hmm. um, and those are some of the ancillary services that could be OIT, so on. So... When they, when they look at certain um, positions and they consider those um, non-essential, then those people will be sent home. So the last time, it, we, we kind of lucked out the last time as well where it wasn't the vast majority of VA employees because of the way that the funding was kind of pre-funded before. So that, that's, that's at least some solace for VA employees. But at the end of the day, we still have to be concerned with our AFGE brothers and sisters that are at these other agencies that are impacted. So we can't just stand idly by and look and say, well, it's not me because eventually it can and will be us. So we have to pay attention to those things. We have to make sure that we're speaking out on these things to ensure that finally this does not become the norm because this is this one time was too many and this, and here we are again. And this is unacceptable. 
We expect Congress to do their job. This is what they were elected to do, not this. Last time this happened, we had employees that had to go to food banks. And it, it was a sad situation because uh, they, they were not getting paychecks. They, and they couldn't pay their mortgage. They couldn't pay their rent. Are, are, is everybody, I mean, I know you're close to your membership, Daryl. Is anybody, you know, talking about that right now, wondering, oh, my God, do, do I have to, you know, get another job here? Well, what are they saying? I mean, there, there is concern because anytime you have a government shutdown, there's always concern that you'll be the one that will be impacted or affected. And here's the thing. They end up sending those employees a letter to give to their, um, to whom they own the, owe the debt to. And then you mm-hmm. have to hope that they will accept it so that because you'll be behind on your mortgage or rent payments, you know, and then as far as your, your day-to-day stuff, there's no one you can hand that letter to. So if you don't have enough money to go buy food because you are living paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately, then you have to find alternative means to feed yourself and your family. And, and why should we punish these people for wanting to do their job simply because they're not doing their job? It's ridiculous. Richest country in the world, and we have to go through this stuff. Let me repeat that number. It's 855-222-9093. National website for AFGE, by the way, is afge.org. You were telling me, too, uh, while this is going on, there's, uh, I guess, some uh, legislation. And once again, privatization rears its ugly head. Can you explain what's going on here, what uh, what some lawmakers are trying to do? Yeah, for some reason, we they continue to want to turn the VA or veterans into these vouchers before, for profit, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's already been shown that our outcomes, our medical outcomes, mortality, morbidity, surgical outcomes far exceed our private sector competitors. And instead of finding ways to build up and boost the VA, they keep coming up with these bills, such as Senate Bill 1315 is the Veterans Health Act of 2023. They want to accelerate privatization. They want to make it more difficult for the VA to meet its obligation and and meet certain thresholds so they can force people into going to the private sector. And and that's that's unacceptable. And it's the same thing with House Resolution 3520. And this one is called the Veteran Care Improvement Act of 2023. Here it is again. They went and tried to shut down various VAs through the Air Commission. That was shut down. Then you still tried to do the privatization before. That was shut down because the outcomes are better. At the VA, you have to find ways to make sure that the VA is is strengthening, not dilute the power of the VA, because you get better care there. I mean, and it's it's just a fact. It's not me saying it because I'm biased. It's me saying it because that's what the records say. Right. But yet and still, in the midst of all this confusion, they keep coming up with ways to try and line the pockets of these private sector places that cannot and would not be able to even meet the needs of the veteran population the way that the VA does. The VA was built for veterans. It needs to be strengthened for veterans. And that's also where we train most healthcare professionals that venture out into the healthcare 
throughout this country. So why would you want to undermine that? And they have these fancy names. The Veterans Care Improvement Act. Oh, yeah, that sounds really good. We often say, though, the devil's in the details. And you said these are vouchers. So just to be clear to our listeners, you would get a voucher for X amount of money. And then you'd have to go to a private facility. And if it doesn't cover that, well, you're out of luck. Is is that the scenario here, Daryl? Well, it, it sort of is. Because what they want to do is is make it where the VA is forced to send people to these private sector facilities. And then what that does is that reduces our patient population, which in turn would eventually lead to closing of the facilities. Okay. So by, by slowly bleeding the patients out and bleeding the lifeblood of the VA out to these other facilities, it will erroneously create a, um, an image that the VA is unable to, to, to meet the needs of all these patients because they had to go here when in actuality you're creating situations that's forcing the VA to send these patients to another location and then looking at the numbers. So you create the problem and then point at the problem as if we were the ones that caused it when you're literally trying to cause it by law. This legislation that you talked about, 1315, 1315 in the Senate and 3520 in the House, did I get those numbers correct, Daryl? Correct. Okay. Um, do they have legs? I mean, wh- where are they right now? In committee, just introduced, or what? I think these just came out, and I, I was just made aware of these, um, as a matter of fact, yesterday. So we wanted to get on top of this, make sure that the information got out to the general public, make sure that our veterans are hearing about this, because the veterans are saying that they feel that their care is better at the VA. There's a sense of camaraderie. There's a sense of belonging when they come into that facility because it's not about profit. It's about how do we take care of the veteran? How do we make sure that this veteran has everything that they need because they've already sacrificed everything? Yeah. Any veteran that goes to the VA will tell you that. Absolutely. I've heard so many good stories about the treatment of vets in our VA hospitals. So sad that uh, some in Congress don't seem to see that. Daryl Bell joining us on our live line today is president of Local 31 of the American Federation of Government Employees. National website, by the way, AFGE.org. I'm sure that story that he just referenced will pop up there shortly. Later in the show, we're going to check in with a journeyman iron worker in central Ohio, Chuck Straley. Who uh, whose uh, career just took off when he got involved in the trades. It's a great story, and we'll share it with you right here on America's Workforce. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A 
org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans, and we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers, and we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at afge.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. Hey, this is Sean McGarvey, and I'm president of North America's Building Trades Unions, and I'm a proud listener of America's Workforce. I love this podcast. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the U.S., US Canada, Canada, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity to sign up, receive our shows on a regular basis, and give us a rating, we always appreciate those five-star ratings. So please keep them coming. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers, oh.aft.org. We had a really good conversation yesterday with Melissa Cropper on what's going on with the State Board of Education because three Democrats were elected last year and now they want to get rid of it and put it under the jurisdiction of the governor and now there's a lawsuit going on. Check out that show at awfpodcast.com. Let's go back to our live line, rejoin Daryl Bell, Daryl's president of AFGE Local 31, 5,400 members in their bargaining unit, 2,300 dues members, and many of them working at the Cleveland VA, the Lou Stokes VA Medical Center. Great facility. Many, many awards over the years for the great work that the uh, employees have been providing to our vets. So that's certainly appreciated. A couple of things here I want to talk about. Retirement and health care costs. I mean, we're all seeing that going up. What's going on in the uh, federal sector here, Daryl? Yeah, so what we are seeing is an increase in retirement People are, are are opting to go ahead and retire, but what the biggest concern has been is can I afford to retire? 
I've worked all this time. Can I? And it's more so the healthcare portion of it because that's eating up a lot of the retirement. So we've seen that healthcare costs have gone up and up and up, and there doesn't seem to be any relief. And I think that this is forcing a lot of people that would retire, which would open up positions for other people to move up into. They're not doing it because they simply can't afford it to some degree. And it's not everyone, but it's, it's enough to be of concern because you're at the point in your life where you're requiring this health care and it's, it's, it's almost too expensive. Yeah, you add inflation to that, and it's it's just catching up. It really is just catching up here. It's it's very difficult, and it's across the board. You know, whether you're a federal worker or not, but it's one we have to keep our eye on. Now let's uh, let's wrap up with some good news, and I'm talking about the favorability of unions today, and and a lot of this is post pandemic when you had the essential workers saying, you know what, this job just isn't worth it. I'm not getting paid what I should be getting paid. I'm working in a very dangerous environment. Place is not a union facility, so they started union. We're seeing unions, union organizing going crazy right now, and uh, the polls support that. I mean, across the board, Democrats, Republicans, independents, 7 in 10, 71% approve of labor unions. Daryl Bell is president of AFG Local 31. You got to feel pretty good about what's going on right now, right, brother? Absolutely. I I'm so happy to see that people are starting to recognize their own value, and I think this is part of what makes the appeal or the allure of a union. It's increased over these last few years, and I think that it's going to continue to increase. Because you have to value the people that are your frontline people that are putting in the work. They're the ones that's doing the job, and they need to be paid properly. They need to be valued as, as members of the workforce, as members of each one of these areas, agencies, facilities, what have you. And they deserve to be paid properly. They deserve to have the benefits that they are working for. They deserve to be able to stand together in the face of some adversity and say, hey, we will not accept this. This does not benefit us, and ultimately it doesn't benefit the company if you go down this road. So they're starting to see that that unity, that solidarity, and then even other unions standing with other unions because they're they're no longer standing on the sidelines just watching things happen. They're looking Mm -hmm. and they're taking action. And this is what we need. This is we definitely need this to to increase within this country so that everybody can actually benefit. Daryl, do you ever think how many people would be in a union today if it was easier to start a union or join a union? And, and the survey shows that out. Half the voters, half the voters that they polled believe it should become easier to form or join a union. And this includes supervisors. They would join a union if they had the option. And you think about all the roadblocks, the union busting going on. My gosh, there would be literally, I'm, I'm guessing probably 
60, 50 to 60 million people would be joining unions if it was easier to join and it didn't have all the roadblocks. But, uh, you know, we, 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 that's something we got to work on. There's no doubt about that. But uh, definitely check out this, uh, this survey. It's on the uh, national website, afge.org. The AFL-CIO also has it posted as well. So hopefully the trend will continue. I'm going to let you go, brother. Thank you for joining us here on America's Workforce. Thank you for supporting America's workforce. It's been a good partnership. So uh, we got to work on on making sure the government stays open. And let me repeat that uh, toll-free number, too. It's 855-222-9093. 855-222-9093. Call that number. Tell your lawmaker, hey, keep the doors open, please. Please. Daryl, you take care. We'll talk to you down the road, okay? All right. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Chuck Straley, Iron Workers Local 172. Great story. You'll hear it next on America's Workforce. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of LIUNA, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. The heat and frost insulators and allied workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. Hi, this is Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, and I am a huge fan of Flash and America's Workforce Radio and Podcast. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The the United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the U.S., US, Canada, Canada, and and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at voidwaterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at uaw.org. Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SPS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections.
America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Let's go to uh, Central Ohio right now. And joining us is Charles Straley. Charles is a journeyman member of Iron Workers Local 172, and his career began in the Building Futures program, which uh, I have talked about many, many times with Dorsey Hager, who heads the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council. Charles has an interesting story because, and we say this many times, you get involved in the trades, it could be life-changing, and obviously that's what happened with Charles. Charles, welcome to uh, America's Workforce. Let's uh, let's hear your story. Uh, it's important that we get the message out that uh, we're not talking about a job. We're talking about a career. We're talking about a trade that nobody can ever take away from you. So, Charles, this is your moment. Go ahead, brother. Okay, thank you um, for having me on the show. Yeah, when I, when I met Dorsey and Leland, I went to the Building Futures program. Shortly before that, I just got out of prison. I think I had been out of prison for like four months. Um, I was going back to my old ways, doing what I what I knew how to do. You know, the opioid epidemic was is real bad in Ohio and stuff. So I, I was on heroin. I was doing drugs and alcohol. Um, out of my son's life, you know, I, I was out of my whole family's life. I I didn't have nowhere to live. I was living on the streets. I was homeless. Um, so I go to this place through building futures and I'm taking these programs and they're telling me Leland and Dorsey's telling me, you know, we got this other program. It's called building futures. We think it might be a good fit for you. We've been seeing you come around and stuff. Cause I, I was trying my hardest to change my life just a little bit. And, um, so they told me about it and I was kind of skeptic at first, you know, because I mean, I, I've been through a lot, you know, so people t- selling me dreams, I'm, I'm kind of used to that. And, um, they told me about the program and I gave it a shot and I mean, I just skyrocketed. I never had a license. Um, I was 30 years old, never had a license. They helped me get a license. They helped me get a car, you know, got me a career. I, I, I chose local 172 iron workers. Um, I became a journeyman. I brand work. Um, I've been clean and sober since, um, I started a family since I got engaged. I just had a baby in 2022, July, and I just found out two days ago, actually, that I'm having another baby. I'm back into my son's life. I'm currently um, in Washington, D.C. right now. Um, Building Futures got me down here. I'm getting a certificate of OSHA 500 so I can start teaching OSHA to the class. I'm a teacher now for Building Futures, too, as well. Um, my, my whole life has changed. I, I did not even think that a little bit of this was, was possible. And now my whole, everything is, is turned upside down. And um, I'm just blessed and grateful that I found Dorsey and Leland. I found the building trades and then I have a career, you know, that my family is going to be secure and I'm going to be secure. What a great story. And I hear this from so many people that get involved in, um, in, you know, something like building futures. It's one of many programs. There's driving futures. I know that's another one that the Teamsters are pushing in central Ohio. But uh, 
Boy, I tell you, what a what a life changing moment for you. Now you're doing some public speaking as well to reach out to other because there's a lot of people that are just like you, Charles Straley, that you could probably help. Uh, are are you trying to guide them to the right path here and and make a career for themselves? Yes, I, I do all types of public speaking. I don't only just go to Building Futures and talk to the class. You know, I go out here and, and I try to find guys, uh, whether they've been in prison, whether they used to have drug problems, whether they just need to find a career. You know, I, I tell them a little bit about me and how it's changed my life and give them a glimpse of what it can do for them. I currently got two guys in the cohort that we got right now. I got another guy signed up for the next one. People, people are messaging me all the time, like, in shock that I've changed my life this much and they've been watching me and they want to know how they can change their lives too. And it's a great, uh, it's a great feeling for someone to message you or call you and, and ask these questions and, and say that they're proud of you. Charles, if you don't mind, take me back to the day that uh, Tom Perez decided to visit local 172 of the iron workers in, uh, in Columbus. Now, Tom is a former secretary of labor and currently senior advisor to President Biden. And I understand that uh, you led the tour down there. <laughs> that had to be pretty exciting. Oh, man, that was a shock. You know, um, someone from the White House to come to Columbus, you know, that was already an honor. And then to get to lead the tour for him and Commissioner O'Grady and all these other big wigs, um, it was unbelievable. You know, I, I was smiling from uh, from ear to ear all day, you know, probably all week. And I was just calling all my friends and family. Um, and they treated me like a normal person, you know, and, and they, they treated me with respect and they listened to me and they wanted to know what I had to say and stuff. And it just felt so good. Charles, talk to me about uh, those that are incarcerated. And every day there's a lot of people, you know, former inmates, that are, you know, entering society and they're having a very difficult time finding a job, finding a place to live because nobody's going to rent to them. Um, and there's laws that, that really shut them down. What's your message to those individuals? I mean, you, you were able to, to turn your life around and maybe you can be specific on how you're able to do that as far to overcome all those obstacles. Well, I, I do a lot of outreach, like I said, and um, I go to this place, CDCF, and I, I tell these guys that are getting out of prison, I, I tell them I, I, the best chance for you, especially if you was on drugs and alcohol, is to get into sober living, you know, um, get you a routine, sign up for the program, and get some goals and a plan down, because when you join the union, you're going to be making more money than you ever made, you know, and it's legal. You know, and um, I have all these insurances and stuff and pension and annuity and your life is really going to change, you know, but you got to want it and you got to yeah. work hard. You know, it's, it's, it's not just going to be given to you and expected that you're, that's it. You know, you got to put in the work too. And people is going to acknowledge and see that you're putting in work and you're going to go places, but you got to want it. You got to stay sober and you, and you got to change everything. Charles, talk to me about uh, picking out 172 and, and the iron workers. Was there any reason you decided to go with, with the iron workers? Um, you know, when I was in Building Futures and everybody came and talked, you know, the iron workers came there and they, you know, they was talking about heights and welding, and that intrigued me. And I had mentioned something about iron work, and, they, and 
the instructors there, they was like, oh, that might not be a good fit for you. You know, you might want to try labor or carpenter. And I was like, no, you know what I mean? So I, I was really set on ironworker. You know, something told me ironworker was where it was at. And I pleaded my case. They didn't know nothing about me at the time, like these instructors. So I went and I took them in the back room and I had a meeting with them. And I told them who I was and where I come from. And, you know, they was moved and they said, all right, let's, let's give them a chance. And. Then I got down there to 172, and I met Todd Strope and Neil Ambergy. You know, they was the president and the business manager at the time, and they welcomed me with open open arms. You know, they've been nothing but respectable to me. Um, catering helped me along the way. You know, gave me the best advice that they could. You know, and showed me the way. And I'm forever grateful for both of them two individuals and all the teaching instructors. You know, we had Jeremy Gilpin down there, Mike Middleton, Riley Burke. Um, they just been helping me and, you know, welcome me in, especially with being able to go to Michigan, um, getting post-tension certifications and coming down here to Washington to get this OSHA 500. You know, they're all about this Building Futures program and helping other people, too, and it's a blessing. So right now you're you're an instructor and you're getting certification for that. Are you are you thinking about remaining an instructor? Do you want to go out in the field? You, you know there's a lot of work over there in central Ohio. I'm just wondering what, what you see ahead for yourself. Um, I plan on staying in the field, um, getting some more stuff under my belt. I want to run some big projects and stuff like that. And but definitely the end goal is to, you know, be an instructor full time. And then who knows, maybe even try to get a president spot or a business manager spot later down in the road. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I see the skies as the limit and all these doors are opening. So I'm just trying to take what I can and, and take it day by day. That's it, man. You know, get it while you can and keep going in the right direction. That's great that you turned your life around. You're making something out of yourself and you're setting an example for others to follow. Uh, I saw that there was uh, one story. I would imagine this, your, your story is generating some news in central Ohio. The very fact of what you're able to accomplish in a short amount of time, uh, media picking up on this, I assume. Yeah. It, I've, I've already been on the news three times this year. Well, that's good. Hopefully that will continue, Charles. Charles Straley, journeyman member of Ironworkers Local 172. His career began in the Building Futures program. Spent time in prison. He's clean. And how long are you clean and sober now, Charles? Five years. Good for you. Congratulations to you. Well, I'm going to let you go. You're spending some time in Washington. Get that OSHA 500 certification. And let's keep in touch. Uh, you have a compelling story. And it's one that uh, that needs to be told and shared. So uh, please keep in touch with us, okay, brother? Yeah, thank you. Boy, talking about turning his life around. What a great story, Charles Straley. Well, that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up tomorrow, the Baltimore Museum of Art Union and the North Coast Labor Federation. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.